The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, I'm television's Chris Hassel. You undoubtedly know my great work from the critically acclaimed show Sports Center on ESPN. Unfortunately for you, you're not watching ESPN right now. You're watching Channel 13. It's on your script. Oh, you're watching Channel 13. And up next, Sound Off with Keith Murray and John Sear. Good? All right, this is terrible. I'm television's Chris Hassel, for gosh sakes. Live from WHO HD, it's Sound Off with Keith Murphy and John Sears. Featuring Andy Fails with What's Bugging Andy. Now, get ready to Sound Off. Welcome to Sound Off, Keith Murphy, alongside John Sears, who's back in. What, what, uh, what was the occasion last week? Have a kid? Vasectomy? What? Uh, a kid. A, a, uh, the vasectomy <laughs> might be on the docket pretty soon, but uh, just a kid. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, 12 days old. Sam. Little Sam, yeah. Little Sam. That's Big awesome. Big Sam. Hot topic, uh, 515-282-9010 is the number to call here on Sound Off. ISU fights back at Baylor. And the Cyclones find a new quarterback. More on that coming up. Plus, the Iowa Hawkeyes are now a top 10 team. Nostradamus didn't see that coming, and neither did we. Midway through the second quarter in Waco, with Baylor up 35-0, I'll confess, I thought it fell over. All of it. But from that point on, ISU outplayed and outscored Baylor. No quit from the clones. But ISU still lost by 18. Don't break out moral victory t-shirts, though they did just that at the satirical site Wide Right Natty Light. It's too bad Paul Rhodes and Mark Mangino didn't start with the same game plan they finished. ISU played right into all of Baylor's strengths early. Then, the Cyclone switched to Joel Lanning and ground control. Used the run to set up the pass. Lanning played so well, there should be no question who starts. That's not a knock on the dutiful Richardson, but we've seen his ceiling. Lanning's teammates rallied around him, even on defense. Not likely a coincidence, ask Iowa, as in number 10, Iowa. The Hawkeyes have two road wins against top 25 teams and a win over Pitt, now ranked number 23. The schedule through seven games is tougher than the talk. Final five games? Eh, weaker. Iowa should go 12-0. How have the Hawks done it? Brian Ferentz told the Gazette's Mike Loss after the Hawkslayer Bowl, Iowa decided to be Iowa again. Brian's father, Newkirk, has gone from hot seat, or at least warm seat, to national coach of the year contender. Not on that list? Brett Bielema. Tough spot for Louisville. Either head coach Rick Pitino knew about four years worth of sex parties for recruits and Pitino should be fired, or Pitino did not know about four years worth of sex parties for recruits and Pitino should be fired. 
Know this, Louisville will try not to fire Patino. He wins. Davis County runner Zach Hoagland showed the kind of sportsmanship and character we all want to see from our kids. Hoagland won his high school's first cross-country district championship and then had that title stripped. Hoagland went back to help a collapsed runner from another team, a runner Hoagland thought could be in danger. In fact, that runner needed medical attention. The national rule states no runner, even after finishing, may assist another or it's automatic disqualification. The Iowa High School Athletic Association takes no joy in following this rule, so the rule needs to, it needs rewriting to include common sense compassion. In the meantime, Zach Hoagland is a winner on course and off. Cubs fans, it has been a rough century. But if you are a Cubs fan, you should look ahead with more optimism than any time in your life, even if you're 100 years old. John? Keith, I think it's cool to see the Hawkeyes back in the top 10, but I'll be honest, these polls don't really make a lot of sense. There is no consistency in how teams are ranked. Some teams are penalized for close wins. Some are rewarded. For example, back in week four, Michigan State beat a bad Purdue team by three. The following day, the Spartans dropped from second to fourth in the rankings. Two weeks later, same thing. The Spartans beat Rutgers by seven, but dropped three spots in the polls. Heck, TCU beat Iowa State by 24 in Ames. Not good enough. Horned Frogs dropped a spot. Now, I have no problem dropping teams based on performance, but you have to be consistent. Early in the season, Ohio State had some dicey wins against bad teams, but the Buckeyes never dropped from number one. Just this past week, almighty Alabama, who already has one loss, had to score in the final three minutes to beat a 3-4 and four Tennessee team at home. Roll Tide moved up a spot, still ahead of unbeaten Iowa. And speaking of the Hawks, how in the world is Stanford ranked ahead of Iowa? The Cardinal are 6-1, and one, but that loss was to Northwestern. The same Northwestern team that Iowa beat by 30. Doesn't make sense. Rankings are never perfect. Why? Because humans are involved. Emotion, bias, and stereotypes all play a part. And as frustrating as they are to follow sometimes, I know one thing. If Iowa goes undefeated, wins the Big Ten Championship, they will be in the college football playoff. That is a guarantee. That will not be easy because Ohio no. State now with JT Barrett at quarterback. They look a lot better. Yeah, they seem to be rolling on all cylinders again or hitting on all cylinders again. Um, but but you're right. Keep winning and all this conversation takes care of itself. Yep. Uh, it won't be easy, but get to 13-0 and and Iowa would be in the college football playoff. It'll also cool take a big upset. talk about this? Yeah, gosh, this is way better than last year, right? You're talking, you're, you're sitting three and three or three and four. It's so much better. Let's take some live phone calls. We'll start with Big Al right, in Ames. Hey, we'll Big Al, uh, yep, you're on right now, Big Al. Remember, there is a five-second delay here, folks. Uh, Big Al, what would you think of the clones? Big Al didn't remember the delay. We'll see if Alex uh, does. Alex, uh, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. What'd you, think of, uh, what'd you think of Iowa State staying in there and fighting? Uh, I think they need to start dual landing more often, for sure. Uh, that should not even be a question. If, if Paul Rhodes somehow comes to that news conference tomorrow, uh, John, you'll be there, yeah. and says, we've decided to start Sam Richardson again. I mean, no disrespect to Sam. He's, he's tried hard. He's played well at times. But this was a whole different team with Lanning out on the field. You've got to go to Lanning now. You absolutely have to. It's a no-brainer. 
And it sounds like he agrees with that. Agrees Conrad with is in Centerville. Uh, Conrad in Centerville. He's back. He's, he's well known. Conrad, what do you think about the Hawkeyes? I'm glad you mentioned that, Keith. It's been a few weeks since I called. We all remember your last call, Conrad. Yeah. You, were, you were calling for another contract extension for Kirk Ferentz. I'm on Twitter. I'm listening to your radio show. I hear you mocking the old boy, Conrad. I've shown up tonight to hear you eat some crow. 7-0. New Kirk is just on fire. we got to lock this guy up. He is, he is locked up, He's locked Conrad. up through 2020. How, how many more years do you want to add to the contract? He's, he's up through 2020. I, I figure New Kirk can coach to 75. He might be able to the way he's coaching this year. All right, Man. Conrad. So, and how old is Kirk? He's 60. So he wants 15 more. He wants an extension through 2035. John, 60 is the new 50, uh, clearly. And this is the new Kirk, I guess. I, at, at, he's, he's a different guy in his 60s. He is having a great year. Oh, look at him. There he is. Look at, has he lost a game since he sat on this uh, nest? Iowa is 7-0 and since Kirk Ferentz <laughs> sat in a bird's nest next to an egg. <laughs> Time for lookalikes <laughs> with a local connection. Old Spice judges, Heather in West Des Moines, says that Colin Murphy, that's my son. Whoa. Looks like Anthony Rizzo. Old Spice? He's a mini Rizzo. I wanted him to be a, a mini me, not a mini Rizzo. Looks like but a mini okay. Rizzo. Uh, Julie says Cubs pitcher Kyle Hendricks looks like Cubs fan Chris Hassel. <laughs> Old Spice. <laughs> that looks like Hassel on the left, Is doesn't Hassel, it? Did Hassel pitch for the Cubs? Is that why they lost? <laughs> he looks like he's in character there. As a kid, I couldn't wait for Halloween. As a parent, I can't wait to tell you what bugs me about it. Like us on Facebook, Sound Off Nation, Willis writes, don't overlook Maryland. That said, it should be Iowa 55, Maryland 10. <laughs> and don't overlook Maryland, just expect a 45-point loss. And then Kirk wants that race, too. Win, I guess, from his perspective. Matt writes, all things aside, the Hawks have looked great. They have great chemistry, and I believe they would have no problem holding their own against any team of your pick. Pretty solid core. Go Hawks. Justin writes, Richardson has started the last three seasons as the starter and has one Big 12 win to his name. He's done. It's Lanning's time now. Next Sunday, it's our Halloween show. I'm sure John will wear some stupid costume, silly costume. And by stupid, silly, you mean awesome. Here's what's bugging Andy. Halloween is almost here. And, you know, having kids has re-engaged me with the holiday. Everybody loves it when you're growing up and then you get too big and you forget about it. But then when you become a parent, it pulls you back in. You remember how much fun Halloween is for kids and with your new parent perspective, you also become aware of the not so appealing things that come with it. If you're a parent with an editorial segment called What's Bugging Andy, you get to talk about those things on TV. So nice. here it goes. It occurs to me that one of the really good parts of Halloween, beggar's night, whatever, is the fact that you get a reason to get out and meet your neighbors. I knew every single family on our street, and I'd guess that trick-or-treating was a big reason for that. Huh. 
I also remember the one family on our block which refused to celebrate Halloween and kept their house black. It forever jaded our opinion of them, so I want to be careful not to do the same thing. I try to take notice of the costumes that I see because I remember how much thought went into those. But then I'll have to admit that I harbor a preference for homemade costumes. The best ones I ever had were homemade and the best ideas were mine and my parents. Kids, yeah, I know, they love the slick store-bought costumes, but these aren't the ones that you end up remembering. I'll tell you who you do remember. The impolite little pudwappers who take more than one piece of candy from your bowl. And then, don't say thank you. Now, that's horrifying as a parent because you know it says something about you. And then there's the inevitable group of boys who are now too old for trick-or-treating. We were all there at one time, so it's hypocritical, I know. But there are a few ground rules that need to be preached, followed, and passed on. If you're old enough to grow your own beard for your costume, <laughs> you're too old to trick-or-treat. If your pimples are getting in the way of your face paint, you're too old to trick-or-treat. I mentioned the bummer house that never participates. Well, there's also the neighborhood dentist who hands out toothbrushes just to remind everyone how unhealthy candy is. And also because the toothbrush has their name and business phone number on it, so it's basically like handing out a business card on Halloween. And finally, I think Halloween is about kids getting out and about. It's a welcome break from the mobile devices, and it's a chance to enjoy a good walk before winter sets in, which is why I think that the inventor of trunk or treat <laughs> needs to be pelted with circus peanuts. Trick-or-treating in a parking lot? We are that lazy now? Well, we don't have to be. Forget the new concepts. Remember the old values, and have a happy Halloween. I'm Andy Fails, and that's what's bugging me. Nicely done, Andy. Agree with almost all of that. Maybe all of it. Michigan and Michigan State had one of the wildest finishes in college football history. Is anything else close? You'd be surprised who's in your five next. Who's in your five coming up right after these tweets? Follow us on Twitter at SoundOff13. Chris writes, I entered the season thinking Iowa had a 10-win schedule, but a seven-win coach. Kirk changed. Anything less than a trip to Indy is a disappointment. Ooh. Ryan tweets, keep going and take things one game at a time and get healthy. This team is going undefeated. No question about it. Talking about the Hawks. Jens writes, no moral victories, but that's as close as you get. ISU holds the number two team under 50 and keeps it under 20-point difference at Baylor. Well, that's quite a grading curve there. Lots of numbers there. But yeah. I understand what he means. Mr. Miller, a Hawk fan, says, enjoying it, but also expecting the kick to the nuts, too. <laughs> Happened in 02 and 09. Now who's in your five? Five wildest college football finishes the No Hail Marys edition. At number five, 1999, UNLV shocks Baylor. All Baylor had to do was take a knee 
Instead, the Bears fumbled the game away trying to score another touchdown, a meaningless oh. touchdown. Number four, Colorado beats Missouri on fifth down. I remember that. Yeah, 1990. Tiger fans still aren't over this. Number three, Auburn returns missed field goal versus Alabama, the kick six. 2013, remember Saban oh. had time put back on the clock? Yeah, I watched this. This is crazy. Yeah, I watched it over at El Bait Shop, and I remember that place just going bonkers. Number two, Michigan State wins on the botched Michigan punt. Two weeks punt. ago, wow. Yeah. yeah, this is 2015, of course. Feels like it just happened because it did just happen. And if you're thinking, how can that not be number one? Well, because of this. <laughs> Cal beats Stanford on the play, 1982. The band, the marching band was already on the field. If you don't remember, look it up on YouTube, youngsters. You won't believe this play. All right, let's go to Grant in Sherman Hill. The World Series starts Tuesday. It is the Royals and Mets. The Royals in the World Series in back-to-back years after 30 years of basically being They're bad. They're a powerhouse yeah, now. Yeah, they are a powerhouse. Grant, what do you think? Well, well uh, first off, I, I called you guys earlier in the season when we were going through the uh, straight out of Kaufman phase of the season yeah and uh just uh say thank you for just bringing the royals back here at least local media here it's hard to hard to watch it but uh it's just uh going down to game one and game two and i, I believe i called into your show uh keith uh after the wild card thing and my only reservation of going to any world series game now or any playoff game was how can it top that wild card game so hopefully we we do that. So, uh, you got yeah. any? If you, when you send your guys down there, uh, let them know we got hot dogs, brats, and everybody for them. I think you're going to send Ed Meyer, or is he going to be too nervous? Uh, well, he Ed, might. He might be too nervous. There's no yeah. way Ed Meyer could be in that stadium that that's a game going on. Yeah, he, he will be a nervous wreck. He, he's a mess right now. He's he can't a mess watch during, on TV. The, during the middle of the season. I heard Joe Buck say this Royals team, top to bottom is as good as any since the 98 Yankees that won 114 games. Really? That's that's quite a compliment. But, boy, they, they, they play defense. Uh, they, they can steal bases. They can small ball you. They can hit home runs. The pitching staff is good enough. I think that's the one question mark against the Mets is the starting pitching. If you're going to take a starting pitching staff, I'd probably take the Mets. But are you going to bet against the Royals? It seems like all they do is win, and now they have that experience from last year. I'm not betting uh, – at all, John. Don't put that on me. All right, <laughs> trick or treat coming up uh, this week or beggar's night. Do you beggar's call it beggar's night? night? Trick or treat. I mean, you're a local kid. Trick or treat. Uh, but what candy do our kids want most and adults? We have the answer. This time next week, I'll have a real cool costume, but for now, it's just a suit, tie, and a little bit of face-off. All right. Murph, Adrian Peterson says he nearly missed today's game because of bad shrimp. Hmm. Hmm. Several published reports says it's because he accidentally swallowed his chew during a bumpy airplane ride. That would do it. Yeah, that would do it. Uh, I, I used to work with a guy who left empty soda bottles full of dip spit all over the place. Always feared I'd mistake the dip juice for Diet Pepsi. Ooh, oh, man. Stomach pumped immediately. As if we needed another reason to not chew. What's yeah, wrong? No. And by the way, what's wrong with Colnetti? 
It, it's in his head. Uh, he's a good kicker, as you know, John. Yeah. He's fighting a crisis of confidence. Hope he gets his mojo back. Me too. Nice guy. Paul Mosley took a photograph of Cyclone Kids Captain Abby Faber and Heisman candidate Trayvon Boykin. The photo went viral, and TCU fans helped raise $30,000 for Abby's medical expenses. How cool is that? It really is. It, it shows you the power of a photograph. It just makes you feel good, and it makes you like Boykin. Cool moment, and nice follow-up story as well by Tommy Birch. Yep. Michigan basketball just proved you can ruin a great uniform. Yes, I mean, Michigan uniforms are classics, but all you have to do to ruin is just put what looks like a belt of lacy fringe. <laughs> what is that? A bad idea what, Yeah, is it, what that is. It is a bad idea. The most popular Halloween candy in Iowa is Twix. Good job, Iowa. Don't people here realize you can have hot tamales? What? Hot tamales over Twix? Did you hit your head, John? Nerds. Nerds are also better than Twix. No. no. Mm -hmm. Willy Wonka would throw you out on your head. For what? Nerds? Having, having good taste? Come on. Come on. Twix better than both of those. At least you didn't say candy corn. Only, only good thing. You can always email the show. Sound off at whotv.com. I may be a Hawkeye fan, but I also support the Cyclones when they don't play Iowa. I thought ISU did a good job against Baylor. They lost, but held the Bears below their averages and even outscored Baylor 20 to 10 in the second half. All in all, good game Cyclones. That's from the Candyman in Newton. Uh, John, it, it's fascinating. Iowa State lost a game by 18 points, and there's this much optimism about it. Well, look at this. I am excited about the future of ISU football. I was unable to watch the first three quarters yesterday and was pleasantly surprised to watch the fourth quarter and hear positive commentary. Joel Lanning comes from a winning program and will help instill that attitude with the rest of the team. Jim Miller in Ames. I kind of get what these people are saying because at 35 to nothing, it just felt like everything was over. And the season was over, the staff was over, like it was all over. And when, when you're that down, you're, you're looking for any straw yep. to grasp some hope. And when Joel Lanning went in, there's that little straw, that little glimmer of hope for the rest of the season. He was really good, and the game plan that Iowa State started using once Lanning went into the game, that's the game plan that should have been followed from the start. Yeah. Don't try to match what Baylor's doing. That won't work, but chewing up the clock, running, setting up the pass, yeah. and I don't understand why there was so much talk about Lanning needs to learn the offense better or whatever some of the excuses that were hinted at. Looked like he, he had it down pretty good. He looked great. I yeah. mean, he really looked great. He's got to be the starter. If he's not the starter, then there's something Cyclone below the surface. Cyclone should revolt. There's uh, something below the surface. We we're back next week. Hope you are, too. We leave you with the sound-off send-off. Television's Chris Hassel struggling at Principal Park. So that we can bring you the sound-off program with Keith Murray. Let me do that again. Sound-off with Keith Murray and John... S S Damn it. Hi. I'm television's Chris Hassel. You undoubtedly know me from my work on Let me do it. Sound Off with Keith Murray and John C. I'm having a tough time transitioning from the uh, You undoubtedly know me from my critically acclaimed and super ex with Keith Murphy. Keith Murphy's still here? Sound Off with Keith Murphy and John C. Television's Chris Hassel, for gosh sakes.